What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Naturalist Capitalist. I'm coming to you from New Hampshire, and it is way too fucking hot for New Hampshire. It almost hit 100 degrees today, depending on where you were in the state. But we're pulling through. On the show, as always, we have the hilarious Eric Jackman. How are you doing tonight, my friend? Reed, I'm excited. I'm happy. It's unbelievable. I'm repping ABBA. They're sponsoring me now. They got the hologram thing over with their concerts. We're bringing liberty to everybody, man. We're doing it the only way we know how to do it. So, guys, uh, Eric made it through his six-month stint without any alcohol, and he's come out on the other end celebrating a little bit. We got Ryan Dawson. Our bombs are too straight on the show. How are we doing tonight, Ryan? That's right. I got a, a cool shirt to show the audience here. You can see... Uh... <laughs> President, 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 not president. <laughs> We're going to see a repeat of that. I'm looking forward to uh, the tidal wave coming. November can't come fast enough, and hopefully we can get Jeremy in there, too, uh, when that comes around, too. All right. For our special guest, we've got a short little intro that I'm going to play, and then we'll bring him on the show. Here we go. It is time to diversify the murderous military-industrial complex. We need to make the nukes gay. And that's why I'm running for office. Like my fellow Democrats and Republicans, I will support every war. I will support stealing billions of dollars from Americans to kill innocent people. But we are going to make it so gay. Jeremy Kaufman, the next senator from New Hampshire. How are we doing tonight, man? Uh, I'm doing great. You know, when I learned the nukes weren't gay, that was my Charlottesville moment. That was when I knew I had the run. <laughs> it's worse than January 6th. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> so, Jeremy, you've had a pretty tough week in court, right? You've been fighting this lawsuit. What's going on? I, I don't know if it was tough or not. I'm I'm excited uh for it to be coming to a close there were some very favorable things that happened uh you know the judge was was actually pretty tough uh on the government um you know uh but i this has been going on for more than uh four years four and a half years i've been getting uh sued by the government so like quite frankly just to have it coming to a close one way or another um is uh is very exciting because you know that's one of the things that sucks i'll say this is like you're guilty when they charge you because everyone's terrified of the government everyone in the cryptocurrency industry they're they're terrified the, the, you, the sec calls you it goes a million dollars you know so it's like no one um everyone is uh no one wants to speak up you know no one wants to kind of raise their head because that's uh you know they'll go after you um so there's a big like chilling effect on even talking about it but um we're fighting the good fight we're getting through it and uh, there's a um, uh, there's a bunch of coverage uh, uh, about the case that's been coming out from like John Deaton and some of the other people um, uh, who are uh, on the side of uh, the good guys. So what? Just for people who don't know, what has the case been about? Like what started it four and a half years ago? Why have they been coming after you so hard? Uh, it 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 gets into. Um, uh, a kind of uh, arcane standard for what is uh, security. There's this test called the Howey test. And in the case of cryptocurrency, the SEC is applying this test very aggressively in a way that would, you know, probably 90, 95, 99% of companies would be um, breaking the law uh, in, in, the, in the SEC's way of uh, putting it. So this isn't a case where like there was fraud or someone went to the government and said, you know, Jeremy cheated me, Jeremy's company cheated me. There isn't anything like that. 
the the SEC uh, when they were just in court on Wednesday, they said that if you sell a cryptocurrency, even if the buyer is intending to use it, even if 75% of the purchases overall were for intended usage, the mere fact that that price can go up and down based off of other people's work makes it uh, security. So they're, they're arguing, they, they want all of this under their thumb. That's what the regulators want. They want the whole industry under their uh, thumb. So uh, my case will be, it will set precedent for uh, a lot of companies. Like we are forging new law. They're, the law is genuinely unclear. You know, so the, and, the, and so now the government's deciding if a hot dog is a sandwich. Like that's like literally, that's, that's what you're arguing. It's like, well, this, the law doesn't say what a sandwich is. So now you have a law about sandwiches and someone is asking if it applies to hot dogs. Like there's not a straightforward answer. The law doesn't say. Um, now, I, I think that should be on the government, right? If the law doesn't say, the government should lose. But we'll see. Wow. <laughs> I like that analogy. Yeah. So, Jeremy, is that is that the, the basis of why you're running to be United States senator? Like, just tell – why the fuck are you running for U.S. Senate here in New Hampshire? Yeah, absolutely. It's motivating. Uh, the, the, the fact that I've been fighting the government, I've seen firsthand the way that they uh, treat you. Like, they're bad guys. Like, these aren't people who are genuinely – these regulators. Like, they have not been genuinely interested in the truth. They have not tried to negotiate with me. They've not tried to be fair to me. I've said, what could I change? For example, So they have been bad guys. I've seen firsthand how bad the government uh, uh, treats uh, people who – I was trying to do the right thing. Uh, so that's been motivating. Um, all the stuff with the libertarian – party you know i got involved in that here in new hampshire and everyone here was really encouraging me to run that was super motivating and i'm also someone who likes to kind of put um their money where their mouth is i don't want to be a guy who's taking shots from the sideline uh you know and then never never stepping up to the plate himself right so i i was someone who was taking some shots i was someone who was frustrated with the libertarian party well you know now i do have to act uh that's you know that's the way i am so that was another you know motivating factor yeah. So I saw this poll and it was only 600 people. So the reliability of the poll is probably not that high, but it said like, what was it? 55% of New Hampshire Republicans and like one third of New Hampshire voters want to secede from the union. Basically. Did you see that poll or? I did. I did see that poll. Uh, you know, I, I didn't dig deep in the methodology, but 600, if you have a good sample, 600 is plenty of people. 600 is a lot of people. You know, so unless yeah. they were che really cheating with their uh, sample, that's a very, very positive sign. And I don't think they were, by the way. I'm not trying to say that. I've never, I think as far as I know, it's a, a proper poll. Um, and so it's a very promising sign. Um, and, you know, certainly the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire has been um, uh, beating that drum as loud uh, as anyone. And I think that's part of how you make it happen is you've got to keep talking about it. You've got to uh, uh, almost be incessant about it. That's how people's minds, you know, actually change. It's not like you're like, well, I have a good argument. I have a good argument for secession. And someone's like, yeah, that's a good argument. And they're just like, they just change their mind overnight. No, it takes, it takes time. And by continuing to beat the drum, which all these, we were seeing all these groups uh, pop up. You know, someone, um, some of the guys started a New Hampshire independence pack now, and they're just going to be backing um, the candidates who are, who are making this an issue. And so we're really seeing a lot of energy, um, uh, you know, um, uh, being dedicated here. So, Ryan, if New Hampshire secedes before any southern states do, what do you? That, that's not going to look good. Just saying, but yeah, we already seceded. What are you talking about? That's true. We're 150 years behind you guys. I mean, this is almost a New Hampshire-based show. I'm assuming, assuming Eric's at home right now. I mean, this is yeah. 
Yeah, I'm yeah, in this... Peterborough. I'm in yeah. Cheshire County. I'm, I'm in I'm in the shadow of Mount Monadnock. Yeah, and this area, the whole state needs based, Jeremy. We know that. We understand <laughs> that. But like, so to to a layman, to somebody who who's just kind of pays attention, you know, minimally to what's going on. How do you sell like what a libertarian is to 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 convince somebody in New Hampshire? And this is what I want to do, Jeremy. Why the reason I'm doing this and why we do what we do. Don't vote for the Democrats. Don't vote for the Republicans. Vote for Libertarians. How do you sell that, man? Yeah, well, so to me, if a lot of it is contextual in terms of who you're dealing with, where they come. If I'm like, sell, you know, if I'm actually having that kind of conversation. But I'd say like the people that I think the Libertarian Party should be tapping the most generically are a lot of the people who are more uh, skeptical things. They're more dropped out. They're more like, fuck the system. They're more frustrated. You know, someone who is, um, you know, already pretty committed to being a Democrat or Republican. Like, I don't think these people are, you know, it's not a matter of like, arguing. yeah. Who's read the Bible? <laughs> you know, if, 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 if the LP had been there for Talk Ted, to Normie. maybe Talk those to some Normie. people. Talk to um, some Normie. <laughs> that's, that's my question. Dawson, yeah. we know, we know you could have published his book through the Mises I, Institute. I'm asking Jeremy never... to talk to Normie. <laughs> sell, sell voting libertarian here in New Hampshire for U.S. Senate to Normies. To the normies, I mean, screw, I mean, look, man, look at everything that's going on. It's not Democrats or Republicans. It's it's both of them that are spending all of the money. That are the reason that your money is worthless. That are reason that that they're the ones they mutually agreed to fuck with you over the last several years. They are the ones who make you jump through all the hoops and deal with all the bullshit. And it's the same of them. It's it's and they they use their power to benefit. Uh, the, the, to benefit the, the, you know, the whatever you want to call them, the elite, the people who get away with it. What I'm saying is I want to get away with it. OK, support me. Let me get away with it. All right. Uh, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, uh, Jesse Ventura, what do you think about the Democrats and Republicans? I mean, you seem to echo Jeremy's thoughts there. I like what Jeremy's saying. I think it's a complete joke that we would have two parties trying to run and saying we're doing something different when they take their funding from both parties, from both the same people who are going to fuck the American people over. I like Jeremy Kaufman. I think he's offering something different. I think he's unique. I think he's a breath of fresh air. We should listen to him. <laughs> That's a very drunk Jesse Ventura. <laughs> yeah, better start. The best time to tired. convert people is right after April when they've been paying taxes. Yes. That's the best time to talk to them. Be like, yeah, that sucked, didn't yeah. it? Hurt, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, let's move. We need one of the first things to do is to move that to, you know, the end of October. Well, that's that's the thing. We want <laughs> yeah. we want to just we want to bring something to offer to people. We don't have a lot of people here in New Hampshire. And we have an audience here and and my brother and I, the Jackmans, we have people who listen to us. So I want to give them something that is different and and give them a reason to vote libertarian so that's 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 what i'm all about jeremy and i think i think you're offering something different but we have to yeah it's tough it's tough to reach people who are who are normies and just like they're used to the same left and right bullshit yeah well well i mean i love that i want to take advantage of that i think there's it's it is it is tough i think that's one of the questions that we're struggling with is like how do you you know, get it in front of them because it's not about the people that certainly we want to compete in the people in the space of people who are like super politically aware and whatever. But if there's, I think there's a whole bunch of people who, if, if, if you can, you know, give them something that will be, um, 
a, a little bit, not like a screw you, but like, you know, they get to support something that's not remotely close to what's there. I do think there's more people out there that you can tap. But how do you get the message to them in the first place? It's hard. Well, what I thought was interesting is when the war is gay ad came out, the reaction from a lot of people who are already libertarians was like, I'm not sure this is going to work or I don't really know if this is a good idea. But then you saw the like everyone who reacted to it in a negative way are the people that you don't want to reach anyway. Like all the Democrats were freaking out about it. Like it was disgraceful. It was the most disgusting thing that ever could have been done where everyone who got it, they knew where they knew what it meant. They knew where you were coming from. So I, I don't know. I was trying to tell people like this is, directed at the people who already understand that this is going on like you can't i mean it's good to try to message to the people who aren't aware that they're getting screwed over or whatever but you ultimately want to reach the people who do know that already and so when you put an ad out like that it reaches those people who are already realizing that the system doesn't give a fuck about them and is hiding behind all this woke messaging and everything so I thought you have to spell it out good, for but... shit libs. You have to say you're <laughs> arguing about identity politics while people are being blown up. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have to say it because they, that ad takes two seconds of thinking. And that's, you know, if they could think they wouldn't be liberal in the first place, you have to spell it out. Yeah. Right. I, and I think there is, I think even though the sort of the left has stopped talking about it, I think there are a lot of people on the left not in office, but all on the left that don't want war. There's something about getting into power <laughs> that makes people like war, man. Like, like, cause I don't think that may, I don't think nearly as many people on the right support, you know, obviously it's even better on the right currently, but in, always, it's always more the elites who want it than the, the people. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, but like, people think whatever they're told from the press, we're losing the media war so badly. You know, look at all the people they ran right out and got a Ukrainian flag and stuff. They didn't know anything. They ignored the Maidan coup from 2014 to now. The whole history's been erased. They just Twitter said this, so they're gonna do it. Twitter just banned the word groomer. You can't say that. Like whose side are no they way. on? They did. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> yep. Damn. Um, well, yeah, Jeremy, you've had a huge hand in helping us circumvent the media by creating library and odyssey and all that um so what what is what is the deal right now with library and odyssey like they're separate companies the companies kind of split up what's what's the deal yeah now? And, and they're getting uh more and more apart you know we'll have some news uh even more news on that soon so like i'm actually very much not involved in the day-to-day -day running of odyssey uh you know we certainly talk to them because they're still using something that's built on library but i'm 100 focused on library the legal stuff, all that. And so there's a whole different team. The team working on Odyssey is actually bigger than the team working on library right now. Uh, it's it's a, quite a big group of people uh, and everything is going well over there. Uh, and I'm a big fan of what they're doing, uh, but I'm not actually running it currently. Uh, but it's going very well uh, and it's continuing to grow. And it's uh, it's been like really fun to be uh, a part of that. And uh, I'm not satisfied. I will say that, right? Like I do want to get to a billion people. I want to build something that can actually displace like the status quo. Um, but it's, yeah, we're at like 30, 40, 50 million people sometimes in a month are using it. So it's a, it's a real, quite a lot of people. So how far back does that go when you, when you had this idea and you started putting it into action? Like what, what triggered it? What was, was there a moment where you realized, holy shit, they are going to just censor everybody that disagrees with them? Or was it a gradual thing or 
I, I like, I, I should, if I was a better like politician, I would be, I would say like, I saw it all coming. Uh, you know, I do. <laughs> yeah. um, truth is that like, I didn't, I mean, I was aware of censorship in general and like concern about censorship and the ways that information is censored online was like a very much motivating factor. But I came at this uh, sort of like in a much nerdier way and didn't actually even think originally that we were building something that was specifically going to be competing with YouTube or like user generated video. We actually thought it was going to be more for uh, paid content, like videos that you're, you're paying like a couple of bucks for and a technology for uh, distributing uh, that. And when we released it, there was all this interest in like people who were concerned about like their, this, this YouTube stuff was happening and people started using it as like a backup. And we were like, we should probably, you know, look at, uh, you know, maybe we should be doing more, a bit more of something over there. So it was one of those cases where, and I, by the way, I've seen this, I mean, this is, it's happened with, um, you know, really all of my businesses is you start with an idea, but it then evolves as you interact with people. And I think by the way, messaging is, uh, the same kind of way to, to, to bring it back to libertarianism. And that's part of the reason, for example, I really like Twitter, even though people get mad at me sometimes, it's like you're experimenting, you're improving, you're coming up with, you're evolving based off of how um, you're, you're interacting with um, the market. Uh, and so in, in both business and messaging, you know, I like that that kind of thing where you're, you're going out, you're putting it out and you're, you're shaping it. So Jeremy, what what made you a libertarian? Like, where did you grow up? What, what was the, the, the influence that told you about libertarianism and made you a libertarian yeah so uh the internet uh i was like definitely just a big factor being online in the like late 90s and early 2000s the internet was a pretty libertarian place at that time like it was much more you know in terms of percentage of libertarians it's much higher then because they were online earlier and so on and so like but it was all kinds of different ideas like the first honestly the first stuff was just being like skeptical of what i was being taught in school where the earliest stuff there was like actually like Noam Chomsky and Howard Zinn and the sort of like um, dissident left. And then that got me to being like, well, maybe all this stuff I'm being told in school, like maybe some of this stuff isn't true. Typing that online, finding other answers online that were even different than their answers. And, um, you know, um, and, and, and that way. And I definitely, but I definitely came that way. Like, you know, I, I had, I took the baby steps of like Milton Friedman before I got to the more like, uh, you know, radical stuff, which I read later. And I pretty much like all of it, you know, like I'm, I'm probably more of like, especially COVID showed this to me that like, I don't care about like, I'm less outcome oriented, like some shit you just don't do doesn't matter. Um, uh, but I definitely started with like the Friedman type stuff, the like markets work and markets are very efficient and you can do more of this if you use a market, you know, and, and finding all that stuff, very interesting. Mm hmm. <clears throat> yeah, so um, Ryan, Odyssey has been like one of your biggest outlets now that YouTube mm -hmm. fucked you over, right? Isn't it your biggest video platform? Or I think BitChute still has more followers, but that's because BitChute came out first, so I've had it longer. But I was on Odyssey as soon as it was there because I'd been, I got kicked off YouTube in 2008, okay, the first time. And, <laughs> that's hard. it's much harder back then so <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, everyone's like remember when the internet was free and i'm like no <laughs> I, got, I got kicked off myspace in 2005 i got kicked off aol in 2005 also i've been getting been the canary in the coal mine so i didn't see censorship coming i i was experiencing the censorship one of the first people banned on anything on the internet mark that in history or whatever and i was probably one of those people that you're looking at telling you 
your school was full of shit and giving you different answers on history and so on. <laughs> and so I got targeted quickly, you know, and I, and I hit a lot of taboo topics. I mean, September 11th in the adult way, not the kook way, denying airplanes and stuff. And that'll get you in trouble. And so, yeah, I've been on Odyssey and Odyssey had this great feature where you, it would just grab your YouTube videos automatically and put them on there because like, well, it's great if it's free speech, but there's no eyeballs in the beginning. So you need a bridge. You need an on-ramp from something. And I'm not allowed on Twitter. I'm not allowed on Facebook. I'm not allowed on Instagram. I'm not allowed on YouTube. Can't be Patreon. Banned on PayPal. Banned on all, everything. And so when Odyssey finally had a feature to take Super Chats, which I call Shekel Chats, of, oh, I can have income again. And they'll put it right in my bank. I had no other way. Because I'm not allowed to use anything else because I tell the truth too much. I mean, they're they're all politicized. And now it's not just me. Consortium News has been banned from PayPal. Pepe Escobar, Scott Ritter, all these people are banned on Twitter. Anyone that said anything about the virus has been banned. Anyone that said anything about election fraud has been banned. The, the topics have expanded to, you know, it's ridiculous. And yet, uh, you know, someone like Richard Spencer is allowed on Twitter and CNN. Because he's the gift. He's, well, he's the a, gift that he, keeps on giving. Yeah. He's a, well, he's, he's a liberal. A, he's, he's a Biden voter. Yeah. Yeah, he's a liberal. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not. They don't care about racism and that. It's just like they hate conservatives. That's all it is. And they'll just use that as a label, as an excuse to get rid of whatever they want. And I've been called everything, right? And it's so. It's definitely false. But you don't get the opportunity to defend yourself. They're allowed to talk, and you're not. And so, yeah, I was on Odyssey and Bitch Shoot. I was. Rumble banned me for nine weeks, but then they brought me back again. But the thing is, like, even if you don't do anything wrong, if enough people accuse you of crap, you'll be temporarily removed for a good chunk of time before you can go through and prove your innocence, right? Uh, and then they may bring you back or may not. Odyssey has never banned me, and I don't think they will. So, you know, of course, I'm, I'm always promoting that, always promoting them. And, and VK and Telegram, anything, any alternative. They're all different ones. Video platform. Telegram is it's kind of unique. You know, it is what it is. But it's just sad that we're, you know, Telegram and VK are run by a or exiled Russian billionaire. But that has more freedom <laughs> than yeah. the American companies. I've been banned on everything American. I mean, even Although there banned. may be if they're like that stuff probably has its own set of stuff that you can't say, but it's just not the American set of stuff that you can't yeah, say. Yeah, there's well, what happens to them is whole countries will ban it. Yeah. So like RT is not allowed to have a Telegram channel in all of Europe or the United States. And, and Telegram that, didn't uh, ban them, but the, the state did, right? Or they'll go, oh, this video won't play in your region or whatever. So governments can still ban you anyway. That and that was insane. Like I can't think of a an analog to that happening where you're like not allowed to consume the media of yeah. the country, like that that is engaging in an ongoing conflict. Like SUV that, was banned from YouTube. Who? And that's the rain stick television. They just got rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. And I mean, to me, and it's like, don't even need to like go through it, I guess, but it's like, it's, it has nothing like, it's so stupid because there's so many opinions out there in the space of like where they're policing truth. It's like, it's just the political shit. Like you can mm -hmm. say so much insane stuff in, in, in so many, on so many other axes, you know? Um, and it's just like, it's just this one space of stuff. Or a couple spaces. No, I guess it's wrong to say it's one space, but you know what I'm saying. It's like it's a long. They one only axis. care about political yeah. things that threaten the system. 
If you're not threatening the system, they don't care what you say. And there's there's a political arena that you can engage in as long as it's meaningless right versus left or very generic. Like, yeah, war is bad. You can you can say <laughs> war is bad on YouTube, whatever. But if you get to the specifics, right, then you're you're in trouble. If you're just saying stuff that doesn't mean anything. And I know people use it for shorthand and I'm saying every time someone says these terms, but when someone just is like the globalist, the elite, the deep state, the NWO, the whatever, doesn't mean anything or just saying they or whatever. You can say that, but if you ever later say, what do you mean by it? Who's the deep state? And you start going through it. Well, you're going to get banned because that's a threat to the system. Exactly. That goes up to my next question to you, Jeremy. Who do you think are the people that we should be fighting against, calling out, and raging against? You know, <laughs> central central power. I know is our big enemy, but like to make your argument, you know, who, what is it? Who is it? Yeah, that, I'm, this is probably going to be a disappointing answer for this crowd, but I am honest, and like I think a lot of this stuff is not grand conspiracies. That doesn't mean that there aren't conspiracies. That doesn't mean that there aren't groups out there who are trying to do bad things that are bad or evil people. That doesn't mean there aren't particularly people trying to take advantage of it. But if you look at, say, something like the WEF or whatever, right, which sucks, terrible people there, bad people who are trying to do bad things. And if you look at, uh, like, do I think, though, that they, like, orchestrated something as opposed to, like, already existed, were trying to move things in a direction and took advantage of it? Like, I think it's much more stuff that's, like, the latter, And even in terms of politics, all the stuff that happens in politics, like I think a lot of it is like the shitty incentives that politicians have who uh, do what they do to make money, to do things that are locally good for them. Like, I think it's a lot more of this kind of like people. It's the it's the terrible incentives of the system that attract psychopaths and sociopaths and narcissists who then suck and take advantage and are leeches and and are terrible people who will fight wars if it makes them money or or lets them have sex with underage children on an island or whatever it is like this they'll do evil shit to, to for selfish reasons and this system is pervasive is, is pervaded with people like this um but i don't it's think not, we actually yeah. i don't think we actually disagree with that like any yeah, of us yeah. like okay. yeah, in yeah. fact <clears throat> usually it's the people who think every single thing is a complete false flag operation by the government and, you know, takes all this extra set of faith that none of us would have to think that the government could actually pull all these things off. It's much more taking advantage of instances as they come along and pushing things certain ways and trying to, you know, make the most of every situation that comes their way. That's much more government typical. I think yeah, The government, as they're not working on behalf of national interests. They're working on behalf of select commercial interests interest. that personally profit the people that make the rules. And there's no conspiracy needed there. It's just, it's just greed, you know, it's just because they can, Uh, but they couldn't, if there was enough cultural pressure to get more Ron Paul types in and get a lot of these donor class leeches, you know, Ulysses S. Grant Lincoln type people out of there uh, who are just special interest whores. But that's not going to happen until we have viable media because a normal functioning media, like what happens here where I live, we don't have cops beating the hell out of people and stuff. and all. We don't have the problems in Japan the U.S. has because we have a media that if there is a scandal like Epstein or something, it would it would never end. The, they would dig into it and expose everything and everybody would go to jail. 
but our media is complicit in it. Our media is also held to the commercial interests, big pharma, uh, green. When you say media, do you you mean both the press and social media institutions? Do you use media to mean both of those? Yeah, I would say the three letter networks, as well as the major social media like Twitter, Google, and so on. Because I mean, the people with a billion eyeballs, they have a responsibility. And I know what about Tucker said this and that sometimes you get a, a little, a little nugget of truth here and there, but it's endless. I mean, look at the this kangaroo court going on with January six. Like, it's not an insurrection. They didn't even bring weapons. They cops right. saying stay within the ropes. Right. You know, <laughs> it could be debunked in two minutes, but that side's not allowed to speak. And this, you know, picking issue goes like that. They could have explained the Ukraine. where like, yeah, you know what? They did murder thirteen thousand people, and they're firing artillery in the Donbass in February before Russia attacked. It was not unprovoked done you know what we don't have any evidence of weapons of mass destruction we're going based off of cartoon pictures from serial liars and da, 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 da. i mean if one person could just tell the truth for five minutes you know the public wouldn't buy it all these wars are started with lies and all these lies are started by mass media and it's every network goes along with it all of them said too big to fail for a mm-hmm. for to protect the financial class right all of them they get a script they say it and you're not allowed to deviate. And social media has gotten worse. It used to be the social media in the beginning kind of was starting to pressure mass media to change its tune a little. And then, boy, they got dragged before Congress and they threatened them with their, with their, uh, with regulations, really. And they go, okay, we're just going to sell, sell state propaganda. Facebook got so bad, they're abandoning people for a word in a post from, 2009 or whatever you know 30 day ban you go to jail ha 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 and uh it's disgusting to me like this is a site that started as a rape my face type of thing comparing women to each other now they're all about protecting uh sexual identity and this and that it just gets more and more radical the most intolerant wins right and uh if we don't get a handle on media we're lost the reason the public that we're not crazy we're not evil. The public is supporting war in Ukraine because they don't know any better. They don't know any better because they have no access to information unless they're in these crevices where they go and dig through and find the right thing on an Odyssey video or something like that because that's the only place we have. So, guys, we got <clears throat> uh, someone on the line. We've got Alex Jones, and he's here to talk about who is actually running the media. He found out through uh, John Podesta's uh cell phone uh he's here though we got mr jones could you please tell us why uh, who is running the media and why they're doing what they're doing you're muted mr jones you gotta unmute yourself that'd be lovely uh thanks for muting me thanks for thanks for not censoring me i work 18 hour days Reed. these are the chai comms the chinese they're running the media they're telling us what we can say what we can't say every single day of the week I've had Steve Bannon come on. I had I, Q came on, by the way. I'll give you that. I'll give you that tomorrow with a diaper. Q came on, and he told me what was going on, what we should say, Steve Bachanek. All these other people, it's the Chi-Coms. The Chi-Coms are doing it. They're running it. They know what's going on. They tell me what to say. They don't tell me what to say. Infowars.com, blue pill, red pill. We're going to give it to you every day of the week. Right, that's, who's run, that, that's who's really running us. Tell Jeremy <laughs> Coughlin that. Bring it to the Senate, Jeremy. Don't mute it. <laughs> thank you very much mr jones we'll uh we'll we'll, we'll see you on the next call 
Uh, so, Jeremy, I got a question for you. Um, you have a talent for getting attention through provocative statements. So um, I was just talking to the guys that I went to the Nick Fuentes event with in Vegas. And throughout that episode, I made the point that they don't ban Nick because he says racist things or because he says provocative things. They ban him because he talks about some things that they don't want him to talk about. So I'm wondering, are you ever worried about that, that they'll come after you for the funny stuff you say on Twitter or the provocative shit and use that as a shield to get you to stop talking about censorship or war or anything like that if you actually get elected? Yeah, I um, worried. It's certainly something I think about. I think it's something that like I'm not that reckless about it, actually. Like you can understand the rules and there are certain things that are against them and there are certain things that, that you can do, right? Like, for example, <laughs> and I don't, uh, not saying I encourage this activity, but like if you talk about something, talk about racial slurs, like the rule is you can't call people racial slurs. That's the rule. You can't, you can't call someone a racial slur. You can quote a racial slur. That is perfectly within the rules of social. So there's stuff like this where it's like people think that I'm like, saying shit that you can't say but it's like no actually you you can right that's up because people will i'm sure people some of the things i've i've said where i've got a bunch of people mad at me like i'm sure plenty of people reported them and they're still up which means they're okay you know so uh it's it's uh, and, uh yeah there's a there's a sort of right way to do it i don't actually feel that restricted honestly on twitter I, the most restricted I felt was when you couldn't say that Kyle Rittenhouse did nothing wrong. That was like the most, like, how can you, how can you not say that? Uh, that one, that, but like most of the stuff that I want to say, I feel like I don't, uh, again, for me, for where I'm at. Yeah. It's not fair. Justin O'Donnell straight up calls for insurrection and he doesn't get banned. I make jokes and I get banned from Twitter. <laughs> it's not fair. That's the, that's I the can't thing, even so use that. my name without that's getting banned. I'm either now. <laughs> With the jokes, right? Like it's like it's some it's some person of you're hoping the person who's judging your tweet is of average intelligence. Like you're hoping, right? Like like this is these are people, and they probably have like 20 seconds before their like Amazon scoring algorithm uh, says that they didn't review your tweet fast enough, you know? And it's and it's on to the next one. So like a part a part of it is like the system itself. I'm not saying that they're not also out to get you. I'm not saying that another part of the problem is like 90% of the people who work there are, are, are lefty midwits who can't even un unwind their own biases and recognize, you know, that, that they exist and they think they're being neutral or whatever, you know? So it's a, it's a mess of things that cause Mr. Trump. Why were you banned from Twitter? What, <clears throat> what was that all about? It was locker room talk. Okay, it was so much locker room talk, and I said what I said, and it was not true. It was kind of true, but I said, storm the Capitol, storm the Capitol, okay? <laughs> but Jer Jeremy, I would just, I want to, we, we need to reach out to people who are on the left who are anti war. What, what kind of olive branch or bridge do you make to them? Where are, do you know where they are? I would like to talk to them. Yeah. Where are they? They don't exist. They there was only anti-Bush. They were never anti-war. Yeah. They they supported all of Obama's I wars. I think, they don't I think Robbie Martin has some of them read. What do you think? Yeah, but there's none of them there's none of them like elected and there's none of them in charge of any institutions, it doesn't seem. Like, you know, there are elected anti-war Republicans and then there are institutions that are anti-war on the right, but it seems like all the left like even uh 
Glenn Greenwald's organization. What was that called? Um, they kicked him out of there. The intercept. Before. Uh, intercept. Even intercept isn't anti-war anymore. You know, like they're fucking trash. So I don't know. It's just like the left has the left is like where the right was in 2002. Like, so how do just, they do that? Is that all CIA? How do they do that? How, what's how do, how do they? The left has always been pro-war. They started the first world war, the second world war, Vietnam, Korea. All the wars were started by Democrats. The only exception was in 2000 when you know, <clears throat> Bush starts ramping up the war to go into Iraq. And that was only because they wanted a multipolar war instead of a unipolar war. Nobody was anti-war. Didn't first Bush also do Gulf War? First Bush, yeah, they all well, everyone supported that one. Both parties supported that one too. <laughs> well, yes, it's very popular, the war. There's no, they've never been against it. They're either for it on their own or for it with the Republicans. Well, I think there's like, the mainstream left, you're right, but I think there's like a small group of left wingers who are anti war. They just like, They've never gotten anywhere. <laughs> they don't have any. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Progressives, like, on principle Max that are against war, anti-war. who would take, like, leftist economic policies or something. Um, and yet they disappear when there's consequences. See, when it was fashionable, everybody could bash on Bush. It was on, you know, the comedians and everybody. We were doing it on SNL and whatever. It was cool. But the moment it isn't cool, they're not going to do it. When there's actual risk, they disappear, right? Like, it's it's easy to condemn something that doesn't have a consequence. So they'll go out of their way, uh, you know, saying pontificating and and just saying how horrible slavery was in the 19th century or something. But you've got you know Palestinians being murdered right now, but they're not going to touch that because there's the skin in the game. And so all these people are like, yeah, I hate slavery and killing the Indians and. Other, course all that stuff was wrong but we have those kind of things happening now and they're not saying anything so like don't tell me if you lived back then you would have been anti-slavery and and anti-genocide you would have been owning slaves and killing indians because you're over here right now supporting the starvation of children in yemen and ignoring the plight of the third world today oh yeah it's all just a fashionable thing to look good so it's not here it's only the American right anti-war. I guess that's my point. I'm trying to make is 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 anti. It can't be only. That's what I'm saying, Jeremy. Like it, yeah. it has to all be the, other people who are not just on the right for whatever reason who are anti-war. Also, I think that like we can say that maybe everyone that the right left spectrum is real and everyone's on it in the sense of their like values or whatever. Like that might be true, but the most people are checked out, man. Like most people aren't paying attention to politics. Like. Most people, like, I'm not, they, if you polled them on Ukraine, they'd probably be like, yeah, Russia's the bad guy. But that's because, like, they will casually repeat. But it's not, like, it's not an actually held opinion. If you had the same yeah. poll and you said, like, would you, do you want your taxes to go up $100 a month to support Ukraine? They'd be like, fuck no. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's this, like, yes, everyone is like, has this opinion, but it's not a real opinion. It's, it's, it's they're casually repeating this thing back that they were superficially told it's, but yeah, but it, but yes, it's manufactured. But I also think that it's important to recognize that it's like, it's not real. It's not deep. It's not an actual, right. like there's some, yeah. Yeah. It's all, all that's fixable. Just like that. If you have media, you can sway all the lemmings the other direction and they'll have a tacit, not very deep opinion, but it will be on the right course. Cause most people aren't political. And most people don't need to be political. They're working nine to five. They're doing what they're doing. They need to specialize. Not everyone can sit down and sit there and read history books and go through policy stuff. They just need the news to be honest to them. And it isn't. 
one of the things I think libertarians in particular struggle with is like a lot of them are independently minded people, because if you're going to join a team of 2%, you have to be pretty independently minded and they like fail to recognize that that's just not most people, you know, and, and that that's, therefore they take approaches and like, you know, want to do things that aren't, you know, never going to work. Yeah. They're really hostile to the outside because, Oh, you're not as, uh, Aware as I am, and that kind of Security stuff. Test. I think Ron Security Paul test. showed us the correct template to use if you want to reach enough people. Which right? is, you know, instead of dogging on them for how retarded their opinions are, just ignore all that and and show and offer them a better way. And it's implicit that, like, well, if this is better than what you were doing was stupid, you don't have to say it. You know, just show them, show them by example. He made he got a discussion going about monetary policy in the Federal Reserve. I never thought I'd see that in my life. And then suddenly it was cool. But I'll tell you why, why, why he was successful is because at that time on the internet, we had a bunch of movies from money masters to zeitgeist or whatever, talking about the fed fractional reserve banking in a video and people watch movies. Well, you couldn't put that out today. It would all get yanked. But when we had a slither of media for just a second, boom, Ron Paul movement is raising $7 million in one day. Right. Because a lot of people are like, yeah, yeah, I like this idea. Get rid of the CIA and the IRS and out of it, get pull out from all these foreign interventions. Da 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 da. The message was there. No one gets to hear that now. And what did they do to him? They they were like racist newsletters. Eh. And you, that's the conversation in there. When you accuse someone of racism, they're not a person anymore. Right. Because we're we have a culture that is on such a witch hunt to find a racist to burn. That it doesn't matter how false it is. They're so excited to virtue signal that it's like, yeah, kick this guy person. I'm I think this is the truth. Ron Paul is not a collectivist at all. Never been a racist, but they they knew it was going to work. Like they just could just say that, you know. They did. The <clears> by the way, can you guys can you guys hear me now? Because we had an electric storm come yeah. through and my Wi-Fi got all fucked up for like five minutes. Yeah. Back, so. We can hear you, and Bush is like, pretty soon the people who knock down these towers can hear you. <laughs> so, Jer- Jeremy, what is it about? You're going to hear all of us. Is that yeah. special, and that is something that people sh- who like freedom and who value individual rights should look to? It's not that, like, the thing that's here is is the people. Like, you can talk about, like, the laws, and you're going to pay 3% less taxes, which is the lowest in the country, and all this stuff. But it's really, like, it's the network of people which makes a whole bunch of stuff possible, um, you know, in terms of how you live your life. It's like, you know, that it's like, uh, it's like, it's like living around with a bunch of, like, Amish or Mormons, except they're all libertarians, if, you know, that makes sense. It's like, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily know each, everyone, but, like, there's a good sense of trust. You have a network of all this stuff. You have a resistance network with that kind of thing or, you know, whatever, like, you know, so, um, and, and it all, you know, and then we're also winning, but it's not like the winning is big picture stuff. The, it's the small picture stuff that makes it actually like, um, more logical to do it. And, um, I don't know. I, who's going to buy, who's going to buy this off of, uh, you know, me talking about it. I think really people should just like, come check it out, come visit New Hampshire and, and, you know, come hang mm. out. There's stuff going on all the time. Come see yeah, the biggest yourself. thing yeah. to me is the high trust society that already exists because a lot of people don't realize government replaces culture and society, right? Like you have these natural uh, alliances and friendships and business deals between people that exist. And then the government comes in and gets rid of them. So then they're gone. 
So to get rid of the government, you kind of need that sort of system to take its place. And you need a lot of trust between people for less, you know, for less government and fewer rules or whatever. But here in New Hampshire, um, I've used this example a lot. There are a lot of farm stands where you can go buy food for cash and just drop it in a right. box and take your honor, corn, honor your eggs. Honor yeah, system. lots of honor system. Yeah. Uh, lots of people don't lock their doors. You know, lots of everyone has guns, so no one's actually going to try any shit on anybody. You know, there's all these there's all these ways that we already live here that we don't need to set up in order to just start dismantling the government. Like we're already there. So we can already start removing some of these systems. That's the way I look at it, at least. But, it's yeah. very high trust here. We don't have guns, but still we don't <laughs> like that. It's weird. Yeah. Japan bans guns. Guy builds one, shoots the longest. Time <laughs> right? oh I know. US has millions of guns and all they do is shoot each other. Dude. I don't, I don't want to get you know your channel in trouble, so let's just say compare what happened in Japan versus we had all this COVID tyranny in America and all those guns, <laughs> and the only uh, the only attempt was by the FBI. So, uh, you know, should, <laughs> well, and the uh, last time we could kill a leader here in America, it took CIA complicity, and over in fucking Japan, it was just like potato gun boom. <laughs> So one of my more like, and I'm not saying this is an opinion that I actually have, but, you know, as someone who's like sometimes has shit takes like, which is that like, you know, it's all a lot of it is like, like LARPing, or at least it's like, maybe it's making you comfortable and believing, but it's like, as far as I'm concerned, like, we've already, and I'm not encouraged, I'm really not, I'm not encouraging anything, but it's like, we're, we're, you're all, we're already getting fucking crushed. Like, I know it's uncomfortable to think about. So we don't like, want to have that at the front of our consciousness, but like, we are. Like the government is dominating an incredible amount of our lives, like far more than in history was tolerated by the people, uh, you know, who founded the country, far more than was tolerated through almost all of human history. Like it's happening to you right now. Uh, and I, it's like a depressing, I mean, I'm an optimistic guy, honestly, overall here in New Hampshire, but it's like, it's easy to forget that because we got fucking Netflix and amazing things and we invent things. We have all this stuff and, uh, you know, whatever. But uh, it is, that's the reality of it. Yeah. So Jeremy, I want to pick your brain on this a little bit. So I have said in the past that I almost wish they would come for our guns because they're almost like a placebo, you know, that make people feel like they're free because they never use them for anything, obviously, except for like Ryan said, for shooting each other. But, you know, if the government ever actually grew some balls and decided, all right, fine, we're going to actually take your guns, maybe people would be like, holy shit, what the fuck, you know, but they could take your right to free speech away, they could take your Fourth Amendment rights away, they could take, you know, everything except your guns, and most people just still kind of let things slide, so I don't know. Yeah, they fantasize I, about oh, I'm going to get in a shootout with the government. Like, no, you're not. They're not going to come and try and right. take your gun from your house. They're just going to turn your bank's accounts off and close exactly. off all your cards until you give your gun up. They're going to do what will. they did to Nick Fuentes to every and Ryan to everybody. Like that's how they deperson you now. <laughs> they don't like come and arrest. They They're don't have to back. do anything else. Yeah, everything's digital. It's Minority Report. They just and you're not allowed to. You have no access to your money. They freeze yeah. your account. And you're going to be homeless or turn out, turn you know, and turn in your gun. Get a crossbow. Well, crypto's helping with that. That was part of what turned me off. No, it isn't. Crypto. I've been yeah. banned on every exchange. Like, how are you going to get your money out? I've been banned on Coinbase. I've been early, yeah. early too. Like, yeah. it's all bottleneck. You're like, I've heard that. I know the. You can't do the, anything peer to peer to cash it out in uh, no. Japan. 
<laughs> oh God, Japan hates crypto. Um, <clears throat> but we have cash. You know, it's like I had my my cards blocked, so I couldn't go to ATM and cash out. And yeah. why they're like, oh, it's fraud. I'm like, that ain't why. It's because you hate is, political opinions. This is something that's like, and it's, uh, and I'm not putting it on you. It's on like the crypto people. But like, this is, to me, this is like, this is the what it's supposed to solve. And like, if it's not able to solve it, you know, for you, then it's like, like, what the hell are people doing? Like, that's the whole point. I mean, the, the like, one of the things that got me really into crypto was that like Operation Choke Point shit under Obama, where they, uh, they like, they just deplatformed all these people from getting payments. Like gun uh, people were selling guns, people were selling drug paraphernalia, people were selling all this stuff. They just they just turned off payment. They're just deep, exactly like you said. You know, they just took they just the entire financial system cut them off in a joint fashion overnight. And because the Department of Justice called up the companies and said, "We think you should do this," basically, yeah. uh, and it's really fucked up. And it's a like, whole state just banned the whole thing, like China. It's. Do you can't have your eggs in a basket that someone can just click it off digitally? They like, do not get rid of cash. And I'm worried oh. about this. I see, like, I go to DC or somewhere like that. You can't even go to CVS and use cash anymore. You have to use a card. And that's scary because they can just turn your cards off. If you're a political dissident, they just shut off your cards and now you have to comply. You they're and they're aiming to get away from cash and they're suckering people into this crypto stuff too because they're like, because they can turn that off easy. And they go, I'm a blockchain. I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. Like, they totally can take your crypto, freeze it, or as soon as you cash it out, they hold it in your bank. There's so many different ways they can steal your money. I'm skeptical of that one. I think the best that they can do is what they're doing currently, which is attack it at the exchange points and try to, you know, force everyone through those and control them. But I, I, I don't think it's... I, like I, I feel like there's got to be like peer-to-peer -peer places. There's forums in Japan. There's got to be some sort of network you can tap into to to cash it out. Nope. Really? I'm getting paid on Rockfin right now on Ray, and it's completely useless because I can't send them to any exchanges. Yeah. And it's like I'm just well, sitting well, what there about holding Bitcoin? What about Bitcoin, Yeah, that's even worse. Well, that, I, so you know, I had Bitcoin back in like. 2016 or something like i had it back when it was nothing and could be a millionaire right now whatever but they just kick you off the exchange and it's like yep and i'm like well what happened to all the money that was in my wallet like that we just that's ours now there's nothing you can do so this is a question i get from a lot of people who aren't first on libertarian economics and all of it what what does the united states look like without the federal reserve oh. i i think it you have uh, free market currency, uh, like I, I think the ideal free market currency looks like something that um, that David Friedman envisioned, where you, you have a currency that's like a mix, represents a mix of a basket of, of goods. So it could be like a slice of gold, a slice of wheat, a slice of various things. It would have a very stable uh, price because even if something collapses in one of those uh, markets. So this is what he envisioned as a, as a currency that would be uh, the most stable. But the point is, if you have a free market for currency, the market will produce a currency with the best, you know, with sort of like the best properties. So that's what you're seeing. That's what cryptocurrency I think could be if it wasn't being uh, checked by uh, the government. Well, so doing that? What? <clears throat> I just got a question. So Jeremy, uh, with crypto being checked by the federal government, like what if the federal government succeeds? What's the next step for crypto? Like how do we evade the government? Well, I think government success in crypto is similar to sort of government success in, say, what happened with BitTorrent uh, or something like that, where it's like 
pushed to the fringes so that the normal person doesn't want to deal with it. Uh, I, I, I am skeptical of the, their ability to say, actually shut it down entirely. Like in the sense of for me to, my, if I have a local wallet and I want to move cryptocurrency to another local wallet, like that is, I'm not using an exchange. I, I think it is very, very, very difficult for the government to stop this. I think the government can stop lots of other things, but that's that act, which is a narrow one. I'm not saying that that solves all the problems. I think that is uh, very difficult for the government to stop, um, but they can mess with it a lot. They can make it really annoying. They can make it fringe. Um, so, Hey, but is the, I don't know. Is the Supreme court like, okay now, like maybe they won't, maybe the, they won't be able to do it. I don't know. They yeah, can manipulate the price really easy. And then for, it's like, well, you can move things from wallet to wallet, but like, if you have to pay your rent or buy a sandwich or actually use the money, you have to turn that into real money. And Bitcoin is just not accepted except in certain stores. And you like you put agree. yourself on the, oh, I'm going to get paid in script and only pay from the these like six places, overstock.com, whatever that'll sell you stuff. You can't use your own money. So if you can't exchange it, it's useless anyway. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. Like the, and this, like, this is a, this is a problem. I mean, like, it, it, so I, we were just at Porkfest. One of the things I noticed at Porkfest is because Porkfest, people were into crypto early. People were using crypto peer to peer at Porkfest in you know, 2013 and 2014 to, to buy stuff because the attitude with some of the people up here is we'll try anything. We want to get, they hate the dollar so much. They're early adopters. And this year, there were more people using gold backs. This, I don't know if you've yeah. seen these. Yeah. These like, I gold, think I have like one. A, Let me grab one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's this uh, currency that's, it's literally has gold in it. So it's a, it's some, some gold in a bill like uh, instrument. And this was more popular than cryptocurrency, uh, I think, at Porkfest this year. And I like, you can see that very well, but that's a gold back. So to me, it's crazy. I was like, I mean, full credit to the gold back people, but like, I was disappointed in crypto because it's like, how are you moving backwards? How is your tech not getting better? How are you not getting to the point where this is like really easy and, uh, you know, everyone's, you know, happy with it? <clears throat> is it almost like, <clears throat> you know, how on Independence Day they use Morse code to take on the aliens because <laughs> it's like simple enough to evade the system? Is that almost what's happening? Like people are going to go back to archaic forms of trade because it's just easier to circumvent the government? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I see it to me, it's more of like a, a, a safety like net. It's more like it's downside uh, protection. Like I personally don't think like supply chains are like about the collapse or that kind of thing. I think shit, you know, prices might continue to go up. I think I'm not saying like things are going to be smooth sailing or whatever, but uh, you know, I don't think like I'm not a, I'm not a doomer. Uh, for, I have a lot, a lot of friends who are, and I'm very um, uh, glad that they are, and, uh, 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 you know, and that kind of thing. But like, how many I'm, times uh, has the preppers been right, though? Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> but you only got to be right once. Uh, I saw, you know, I saw some math that said, you know, we should uh, expect a silver war like once every, you know, 87 years or something like this. So, you know, uh, it means that, uh, you know, there could be one in our lifetimes. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like, I, I, I think that. I'm an optimist. I am. I, I, I'm. Uh, it's tough. I'm like kind of wired this way, but I'm an optimist. I think. I think like entrepreneurs and tech and people keep doing stuff. I think the era of centralized power. It, it, I think it's actually diminishing. I think. I think the centralized power was stronger uh, 20 or 30 or 40 years ago than it is uh, today. And I think some of the stuff um, 
that we're seeing is as much like a, a system that's decaying a little bit, flailing as it's, uh, you know, breaking apart than, than it being uh, this tremendously powerful thing. Because, you know, all the stuff it's doing on the Internet, that's all weakness. That's all weakness because if the, the control that used to be exerted before, you didn't even see because it never even made it into the newspaper. It never yeah. made it into something that you can see. And so, like, you know, we are seeing, um, uh, you know, there's, there's an analogy that um, I totally stole this from a, um, uh, a guy named Travis Corcoran who's running for state rep here in New Hampshire. He's an awesome guy. And he ha has this analogy about how, like, the Berlin Wall didn't go up the Berlin wall didn't go up for like 15 or 16 years or something like this after the split, like they didn't put the wall up till people started to see uh, that, uh, you know, communism wasn't what they promised. They, right. you know, at first the, the lie worked when you, when you start seeing the wall, when you start having to do that kind of thing, that's weakness, not strength. Strength is when your narrative, uh, people just believe it. You don't have to uh, put up the wall. What do we need, right. Mr. President? <laughs> so Jeremy, I just I want to tell people like here in New Hampshire, what what is a libertarian? What does it mean to be a libertarian and support liberty? So to me, you're a libertarian if you believe in private property and you want you believe in and you want things to be as voluntary as as possible. And we can argue about how voluntary things can get. Maybe we can't get all the way there. Maybe that's an ideal, but you're saying I think things should be voluntary. I think people own themselves. I think people can have private property and then everything's kind of negotiated from there. And that allows a lot of things that allows very libertine societies that some people wouldn't like. And that allows very socially conservative uh, societies that some people wouldn't like. And that's the whole fucking point is that if you have those axioms, you can have a whole uh, bunch of stuff, you know, a whole bunch of things are, are possible uh, in terms of the ways that people can live. Right. I own, I own what I do. I own my body. It, it Dude, trying to talk to like Republicans are easier to talk to. That's my experience. Democrats are just like fucking goddamn. They love the state. They love people telling them what to do. They love central planning. You know, it, it's tough. It's tough to like talk to those people, man. You've probably seen that, Jeremy. It's Can I tough, add a white yeah. thing too? Because I agree with what Jeremy said earlier. Is like, is I, I shouldn't be white pilled as much as I'm banned on everything. But I'm like, look, <laughs> before. I didn't even have something to get kicked off of. There just was no voice at all. Oh, I write for my local paper or something like, yeah, I'm getting banned, but that's still putting them on the defense for once. Like they, I, I go find some, it's a whack-a-mole game. I'll go get some new thing and then get banned on that. And I get some new thing, but before getting banned, like at least there's things to get banned from, right? You didn't even have any voice in the past. It was just whatever was true. on TV. And that was the story. Right. right. So things right. are getting better. You know, it looks like it's worse, but it's like, you know, you're just now able to see more of the corrosive corruption that you are unaware of. So it looks like, oh, look how gross this is. And they're raping kids on islands. And I'm like, yeah, but like I helped break that story, for example, with Epstein. That got me in a lot of trouble, too. Pissed off billionaires. Awesome. But I couldn't have gotten that information out before. Right. I knew about it. With this, <clears throat> these things have been going on. You could go all the way from the Bobby Baker scandal and then the you know, uh, boys town and so on. And, you know, they're going on now, but yeah, they, I did get banned over that issue again, but it got out there. Right. The story got out there. People got arrested. Things had like, you know, Jean-Luc Brunel went to jail. Maxwell went to jail. Epstein went to jail. A black lost a position. Yeah. I see. Okay. <laughs> ah. <laughs> At least we have stuff we can get kicked off. Of. I want, Jeremy, I think I want, we've wait, wait, hold on. Hold, hold on. Eric. Other group. Hey, we have something now. 
everybody's been like, I wish we had a media. Okay, we have one. There it is. Start using it. Right. All it. you got to do now is build it up. We're doing yep. it. Yeah. So, uh, Jeremy, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this on the Four Horsemen. You and I have, and, and I like your analogy. I have, I have come to like your analogy. So, Ryan, uh, you know how with Israel, there's the right of return, you know, the homeland, whatever. Jeremy has come up with this term, libertarian Zionism. So it's without the terrorism, without the bulldozers, without the, you know, the foreign policy shit. We just libertarians have a homeland in New Hampshire that God gave to us. And so we all have a right as libertarians to return to New Hampshire and claim it for ourselves. What do you think? I mean, we already have a place like that. It's called Hatteras Island. <laughs> it's not like, big enough, though, Ryan. We need more space. So and it's just plugging the hometown. Like we have a homeland. It's Ocracoke and Hatteras. It's, well, actually, that would be more for anarchists, I guess. But yeah, I mean, like having a right of return, like gather all the libertarians in one spot or something, then you're going to get nuked. No, but like a smaller <laughs> state like New Hampshire is doable. You know, it might be doable. People spend way too much time bitching about stuff to each other on Facebook and not taking actionable uh, actions for lack of better, but you, you got to run for the Senate. You got to run for local offices. You got to take power where it exists. Well, who makes the laws? Well, let's do that. You don't run around yelling at buildings with a sign, whatever that, that is so right. useless. I hate that theatrical performance art or whatever. Be a grown up, right? Go in and lobby yourself. Go in and run yourself. Organize, get finances, work on alternative media. Do the things you know that ha will get results. What doesn't get results is like Occupy Wall Street. Three months of theatrical nonsense or whatever. And, the, you know, and you could say thing. It gets worse than that, I guess, with like Black Lives Matter. They're going around burning things and stuff. But like it doesn't work. Okay. Cut out all the theatrics. What what's going on in New Hampshire is the right thing, right? The adult, the grown up, mature thing, the mature way to do it. You gather like minded people. You build up this party, uh, and and you work on, you know, converting people who already exist. You could talk to Republicans. You might eventually be able to talk to Democrats, and just get them to slide your direction. You don't have to take every seat. Um, yeah. And once there's an example to look at, it will cascade so quickly. Right. If you can get it working in New Hampshire, then others are going to oh, look at that. I want that. Yep. It's true. It's so true. Yeah. Just having a conversation. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Yeah. Jeremy, I want you to pontificate <laughs> on that. But first, we have another fellow senator. We've got Senator Lindsey Graham who's here to say that he really wants you to make it into the Senate because he would really enjoy a gay military. So Senator Lindsay, Graham, I had a question. Tell us what that audience. is. Let me, let me just that. say something here. Ryan, I'll get to you. Okay. I'll get to you, Ryan. But Jeremy, I hope you come into our <laughs> club. And if I can't fit the bomb in my derriere, I won't vote for it. <laughs> what That should say everything. I'm bipartisan. I'm by something. And if I can't have that military shipyard in my backyard i ain't gonna do it but i want everybody to talk about bohemian grow where's everybody about bohemian grow what those boys are doing up there this week <laughs> they're doing a lot of fun stuff ronald reagan went to bohemian grove with his cowboy boots before he had dementia 
<laughs> that's what I want to know about. I'm sorry, Ryan. I know you're my constituency. You had a question? Uh, yeah, the audience wanted to know, what do you think about Jeremy's platform of making the bombs gayer? Well, I would love to see the bombs be gay. We're, we're working on a ridged pocket nuke. <laughs> oh, I like that, Jeremy. Where, where are you on lube? Uh, that's what I want to know. Yo, yo, you blushing, Jeremy. Oh, look, that's, that's I made a, Jeremy blush. A, I made Jeremy Bob. blush. <laughs> I want to know about well, the lube, Jeremy. You better talk to Auntie Lindsay it's a, about it's a, the, the lube that, for the bombs. The shoot that that bomb comes out of is very, it's very tight. Uh, so it, the engineers yes. have come up with something that's uh, it's really incredible uh, what they've come up with. Uh, you've never you've never felt anything like it. Well, this is the cell. I mean, New Hampshire is a little bit looser. They got the man on the mountain. When he fell off, he went into someone something. But down the south, we got we got a lot of stuff going on, and we can't talk about who's going to be first lady. Now, Jeremy, who would you have be the first lady for New Hampshire if you won the Senate? If you want me to jambalaya and John McCain's jambalaya. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I love, Jeremy, I love your ads. I want you to expand on your ads. I want you to expand in other places, but I want you to expand on your advertisements. Reed, ask him about his advertisements. Let me put my makeup on. Get me out of here. <laughs> it's All the right. death Thank of Thank you, Senator Graham. McCain, by the way. <laughs> What the f- is it today? It's the 25th in Japan. Oh. This makes the month anniversary of John McCain's uh, death. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, did you did you make that tweet from LPNH about John McCain last year that after they Dude. stole the party, they deleted? Was that you or was that? It actually, was, that well, I it was not me. I suggested a slight edit uh, to the proposed uh, tweet, but no, I can't take credit for that. Jeremy, how do you deal so with um, um, fucking uh, Reason Magazine when he comes at you? I watched everything that they went out to Vegas. They interviewed all of you, Gillespie. How do you deal with that? I actually think I didn't handle that one that well. I would, I would do that one a little bit differently if I, I got to How? play it. How I, so? Yeah, I, I think I was too uh, defensive. I think I should have called them out more on some of the stuff that they do. I think I should have been prepared to – to. Do you, you know. see the, we should we should work with Reason Magazine, right? I do. No, I do. I'm not trying to fight uh, with these guys. I'm not, especially because especially we fucking want. Right. So like now right. it is not the time to be um, to be fighting with the people that you just beat. Like you can you, you you've got to either get them on your team again or you've got to ignore them. But either way, you've got to be focusing outward, not, uh, you know, continuing to fight these people. So so Reed, Reed calls them uh, bitch fuck cuck. What, what is the pitch to other libertarians or other people to bring them in? What's the pitch? Who? What people? Didn't we do this? The normie, the normie pitch. No, he's, say, he's saying to like the reason libertarians. How do we oh, yeah. get them? Gillespie, to fucking... Gillespie style people who otherwise are with us. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think at a minimum you've got to get them to, and I think actually Gillespie has this attitude of at least I'm gonna like you know wait and and see um, and and see what they're doing. Look, I'm not uh, on on. The truth is, at the end of the day, like I'm a free state libertarian. Like that's my attitude. Like. I, that's what I think works is this concentration type strategy. I'm skeptical of there being some kind of national libertarian moment. I'll support it. I think we'll have a better candidate uh, in 2024 uh, or whatever. And I will support them. I will work. I'll do work for them, et cetera. But like, I'm, I'm skeptical of that whole idea. Like, so Mises caucus to me, what was there, like was no good. But like, in terms of the reason people like that's for Mises and them to work out to me, it's like the team is too small to be fighting. So I'd say like that, that's, I guess what I would probably say is like, dude, we are like, 
there were gay people and we're fighting with other gay people. Uh, you know, <laughs> stop that. There's not that many of us. Okay. So. Right. Yeah. So I, when I had you on a few months back, I remember we talked about how on a foreign policy level, like the idea of trying to go around the world and, you know, force other countries to, you know, do things the American way is just a failed, it's a failed cause from the start. And for some reason, a lot of, a lot of libertarians can understand that, but then they can't understand it on a domestic level. So instead of like trying to fix your own state first and make your own neighborhood better, your own county better, your own state house more functional, they care so much about what's going on in California instead, where, you know, California probably doesn't give a fuck what you guys think until you can prove to them that your policies work better. So if New Hampshire, like Ryan was saying earlier, if it could become an example of what a state looks like when there's really a libertarian lifestyle, libertarian governance, it would do a lot more to spread the liberty message than trying to elect candidates across the country or whatever, I think. So I, I, I'm agreeing with what you're saying, Jeremy, just kind of expanding on the idea a little bit. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I think libertarianism works in the sense that it would produce prosperity, it would produce a low crime society, like I think it would be a place that a lot of people would like to live in. But part of where I disagree with some libertarians and a lot of people generally is like, I do not see people as having like, I don't see there as being some sort of like, objectively correct set of morals, like there's a set of morals that I have, and I want to be with others that have that set of morals, I think they're mostly no, like, pretty normal honestly, but there's something, like if you look at abortion, say, okay, like I see people who have very strong moral positions on both sides that like, they're not, one of them is going to logically argue the other one, right. Into being correct. So the choice is like, either they struggle to dominate one another or they accept that like they disagree. And you kind of say, where do you go from here? Does it make sense for us to have separate spaces or what are we, what are we doing? But like so many people want to keep it in that space of struggling to dominate one another and I'm not, I'm not a bitch about this, by the way. I think a libertarian society needs to be prepared to, for that. I'm someone who's not afraid to, you know, to have a fight or to or that kind of thing. But like, I would like to say, look, why are we going to fight? We're both capable fighters. You know, let's just have our own spaces. Let's respect that. You know, that kind of approach, uh, I think, is better. Uh, and I and I, but I don't know if it works. I don't know if we can get people to recognize. So many people want want the other side to be evil, to be bad, as opposed to being like. You know, you and I have different opinions. And all right, maybe I think you're evil. And I'm not trying to, by the way, I'm not trying to propose some kind of moral relevancy where everything is acceptable, by the way. I'm not trying to say that shit either. But there are some things, like some people just feel viscerally that if yeah. someone else is too rich, that that's bad and evil and wrong. Some people feel that. Most libertarians don't. They don't feel that. But some people do. Like, what? You, where do you go from there? Are you, someone's ending up dominating. Yeah, or another... Yeah. Another example would be religion. Like, you know, yes. uh, I think all of us on here are not religious. So a lot of people think we're going to burn in hell for eternity because we don't believe the same things they do. That doesn't make those people evil or make us evil. But, you know, if they're going to think that way and they don't want to hang out with us because they think that way. OK, I can't really do anything about that. So go for it. It's it's one of those things where there's not going to be an eye to eye. Um, you know, no, not, we're not going to see eye to eye on it, but it doesn't make either of us impossible oh, to live respect with. People or, who are religious, we're right. not going to burn in hell. I mean, I've been to DC and it's actually not on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I was just there with prime time in Marjorie Taylor Green. We're not going to burn. I didn't burn. 
<laughs> so Jeremy, if you do end up in Mordor, um, what are what what are you gonna do? Like, are you just gonna try to introduce the most insane liberty bills ever to draw attention? Because you're probably yeah. you're as a as one individual, you're probably not going to be able to legislatively change much, but you could bring a hell of a lot of attention to shit and you know just cause problems. So what's your plan if you get in there? Yeah, much more the second. I mean, I'll of course, like vote the right way on everything. And if there is some ability right. to do uh, to do something, to be a deciding vote or a horse trade or whatever, like I'm not afraid of uh, of incremental progress. But if as one person, I've got 99 bad guys, then, you know, you throw bombs, you make some noise, uh, you find some ways of, of bringing attention to things. You know, one of the things that I, I you know, I think there's this ability and I, th- I see it happening here in New Hampshire, of like playing offense where like they are fighting to maintain the status quo like there's this uh, big fight that got in the New York Times that we lost or what well, we lost, but we got but losing was going back to the status quo. Like we won, we cut the school budget by 50% and then they agitated and got it back to normal. But it's like, it's the opposite normally, right? Where, right. where the, the, you're, you're fighting some bad change. Whereas here it's like, we're, we're ra- it's that ratchet effect, but in like the positive, uh, the positive direction. Stay um, on right. the offense. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and so I want to. I want to. Like, I think there is this ability. Uh, I would hope that there's some ability to be on the offense federally to be doing things that are like you know making them respond to you rather than you always responding to them. Make police uniforms pink. Yeah. No, he has are everything. Jeremy, make the pitch. Libertarianism. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> look, I can't imagine if you're listening at this point, you're like on the fence. You're listening to four horsemen <laughs> 75 minutes into the show. Uh, <laughs> I think you're, think you're probably a libertarian. Just accept it. Accept who you are. This is like you're like watching 75 minutes of gay porn. And you've like had a heart on this whole time. And you're like, I'm not sure if I'm gay or not yet. Like, no, you're a libertarian if you're still here, dude. Like, I'm sorry. Man. I've, got, uh, I've got news for you. Um, uh, uh, you know, look, it, uh, but I mean, uh, we got to uh, have some conservatives watch the show. They can yeah. make you conservatives yeah. can be libertarians. You can be a liberal libertarian or conservative. That's the thing. Like, if you accept libertarianism, just as like I mean, a lot of people don't. But if it's like, you know, this the way we can have different things like certain you can be a socially conservative libertarian. You can be a really libertine libertarian. You know, I think like those are both fine. This works, too. We see it at Porkfest every year, like people who don't believe that that can happen. You got to go to Porkfest. You'll have like the satanists and the nudists and the weirdos and then you have the christians and the the gold people and the bitcoin people and the gun people and there there's thousands of us all in this campground for like eight days and no fights ever break out so just saying like it is possible yeah. um yeah I'll jeremy how can people help out your campaign going forward um, follow me on social media. They're all on jeremy4nh.com. Uh, a donation goes a really long way, even just you know 10 or 20 bucks. And if you can give uh, more, that's an even bigger deal. Uh, so I'd really appreciate it if you can donate. Donate, uh, follow you. We have a Discord where uh, people are hanging out, so you can come into the uh, Discord. And if you're in New Hampshire, you can uh, come out to an event and get involved uh, directly. So what's the... Uh, so? We just turned all the petitioning's done as of today, right? That's right. We've got fifty nine hundred, and as long as three thousand of those are are valid, uh, we will be on the uh, ballot. Justin was targeting five thousand to have a buffer, so yeah, we're. uh, Yeah, I don't want you don't want to count uh, the chickens or whatever, but we we've we've vastly exceeded the target 
which was already supposed to be a safe target. All right. And then, uh, so it's obviously Maggie Hassan. What are you going to attack Maggie Hassan on? And what are you, what, what is she good on? What is she bad on? Like, what's your strategy taking Being on her? Cunt. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely one that she's just like a corporate establishment drone type. Like she has all this money. It's not for people in New Hampshire. So she's just, you know, total elitist uh, type there. Um, and then also she has a lot of people who are very mad at her um, for left, well, for left slash libertarian reasons. One is around immigration where she was, uh, the other is around uh, minimum wage, where she was actually one of the two Democrats who broke with them on, uh, on raising the minimum wage. So I don't know how you can get them in a serious way. Cause obviously like the minimum wage should be negative infinity, uh, not right. zero, by the way, a lot of people get that wrong. People say the minimum wage should be zero wrong. I should be able to pay you to work. Let's not set a minimum wage of zero and, and leave that case out. Uh, so, uh, the, um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. So I, but those are the ways that that's where people are dissatisfied with her. So I'm going to try to come up with, uh, so I have an immigration ad actually, uh, coming out. Uh, so that will be one. I was there, uh, Reed was there for the filming of that. So, you know, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know. Reed can tell you. <laughs> yeah. I'll, 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 I'll let the, I'll, I'll let the surprise come out for everyone at the same time. So, um, Did you ban <clears throat> the, uh, so we got, John, is it Baldick or Bulldock? John Baldick, Don Baldick, Don Baldick, oh, and then yeah. uh, Bruce Fenton. They're kind of the two Republican guys, right? That are probably going to get the nomination, or is there someone else too? Well, Chuck Morse is the favorite. He's boring. He'll okay. be like another. He might as well be like Schumer or something. Not Schumer, uh, McConnell, like whatever. He's like a very kind of like very boring old man. You know, uh, will be kind of probably like establishment agenda. He is like running on cutting taxes and stuff, but he's. He's just boring. He'll be he'll be a total, um, uh, you know, I think kind of establishment tool. Um, uh, Balduck is the is the sort of like MAGA, you know, strong conservative uh, election fraud, you know, build a wall. He is he was critical on he was good on COVID. He was good on some things, but that's you know that's sort of him. And Fenton's a, Fenton's a, the real deal. Fenton's a libertarian. Uh, I think he and I would agree on on just about a, you know uh, just about everything. Um, maybe not how to run it. Maybe not. You know, we're doing our campaigns a little different, but Fenton's great. Uh, and then Smith, uh, I'm not exactly sure where Smith ranks among that, among that, that, that pantheon. Morse is probably the worst. Um, but yeah. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, Eric, you've got a pretty Megan McCain. How bad is he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, he's not, he's not going to be like uh, Liz Cheney, you know, type. I don't think he's going to be there. But the Republicans here, well, the establishment Republicans here are in the anti-Magalene, right? Like Sununu, the governor here, was like actually criticizing Trump, which very few just recently, which very few Republicans are willing to do. So that's the lane that he's in <clears throat> as a but not the neocon. Not he's not a war guy, you know. I don't know. He's boring. So when Sununu is criticizing Trump, is it ever for anything bad or is it just, you know, dumb shit? It's it Sanuda's line was was designed to get attention because he wants to be president one day and he's establishing himself as the like he wants to be intellectual Republican. He wants to be like right. a Mitt Romney Republican. I think Sanuda is very lightweight. He's incredibly lightweight. He's a disaster. He's terrible. <laughs> Jeremy Kaufman's the way. Vote for him, okay? <laughs> so, Eric, you've got a pretty big announcement about something coming tomorrow. What's going on? Congressman Ron Paul is coming on Jackman Radio tomorrow. Be there Whoa. at 1 p.m. Eastern time. We're interviewing. We get 30 minutes with Ron Paul tomorrow. So be there. Come check us out. We got him. 
It's going to be fun. We're looking Put forward to it. Stack. We're going to spread fucking liberty, no more war, fuck the Federal Reserve, fuck the IRS, fuck all the government agencies. We hate you all. And we're, we're going to talk about freedom. We're going to talk about Jeremy Kaufman's platform is what we're going to do. Is that line awesome. from Seven Year Bitch, alcohol is the truth serum, and the truth is the government's fucked up? <laughs> Infowars.com. So, Eric, where can people follow you other than Jackman Radio on YouTube? Oh, dude, get, get at all of us. We're, we're on fucking, we're on all the platforms, every platform you could imagine. We're there. We're not on Jeremy Coffin's platform, but we're working on it right now. Yeah, you guys need to, well, it's not his anymore, but you need to get on Odyssey. So, we, we will do Odyssey eventually. Yeah, YouTube, uh, Spotify, uh, Podbean, we're on Podbean. Yeah, get us out on Podbean. If you're on YouTube, it's so easy, man. It's so easy. We'll get you set up. We'll do it. Yeah, All right, Ryan. <clears throat> what's coming up for you? Oh well, I'm. <laughs> I've got the new Mac film out. That's up everywhere, and I'm going back to the U.S. to deal with uh, the banking cartel that has cut off all my cards and stuff. I'm going to close some banks and reopen them in other places. Probably Indian reservation or something this time. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to the U.S. in August. I'll be in North Carolina and Florida briefly there at the end of August with my oldest son. And uh, yeah, I'm not on any of that stuff. I'm on Odyssey, BitChute, VK, Telegram, but ANCReport.com. This is the anti-neocon report. You can follow all of our stuff down there. And uh, working on the Kennedy films next, so probably gonna get shot. <laughs> no, it's nice to meet you before that happened. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you too <laughs> so jeremy i know you already plugged the uh website and your twitter but to close out give us like a 20 or, or however long you want give us one pitch on why everyone should move to new hampshire even if it's hard like we've already talked about it a little bit but just give us like the 30 second pitch why new hampshire is where liberty is going to take off oh, it's so boring to give that again how about because it's fun man how about because we're having fun <laughs> How about that? How about that's a good reason. We're a good, we're yes. a good hang, Jeremy. We're a good yeah. hang. Yeah. yeah, Mike. It's uh, yeah. We had we went and shot that ad the other day. We had fun. I went to an event tonight. I had fun. We had, we had the event tonight. We had a bunch of people out, and then it's oh right, the crypto meetups here, and then there were a bunch more people uh, who just happened to be in the same bar. You know, two hours later as we were leaving, it's just fun. So that's it. Who doesn't like that? You know. Join our New Hampshire guys. It's fun. Yeah, join the cult. cult <laughs> join our cult. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's who, if you're not part of a, if, I have a friend who has a saying, I really like this. It's either plan or be planned. Uh, so, you know, you gotta, you gotta be part of the cabal or you're going to get cabal. Nicholas Cage, <laughs> right? Life without a session is boring. Yeah. <laughs> we got right, free well, awesome. Thanks for joining us, Jeremy. Um, I'm obviously, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm working on this campaign, help get signatures for him. Uh, I've been helping with the advertisements and or the uh, the political ads and shit, and I'll be with them all the way to election day. So please go check the links in the description. You'll find all Jeremy's shit. You'll find all Eric and Ryan's shit and my shit there too. Please follow us on Substack, all three of us. We've got Substacks. We're putting out articles, and we're also putting out links to all the recent shit we've been doing. Uh, it's the easiest place to keep up with what I'm doing. And also follow me on Telegram. I've got that linked in the description. Ryan's got one too. It's kind of my replacement for Twitter because like Ryan, my name is banned off Twitter. Anyone by the name of Reed Coverdale is not allowed on Twitter anymore. Congratulations, so, by the way. 
Yeah, thanks. Like, Big I'm often like deep down in the back of the oven and I'm wondering who the next person's coming. Oh, oh welcome. It, here comes RT. Here comes Press TV. Here comes this person, that person sitting there since 05. Yeah, we're joining and making it bigger. All right, guys, thank you for watching. Make sure you go check out Jackman's show on Monday. And Jeremy, good luck. We wish you all the way into Washington, D.C. Good night. Woo!